What's up, Marlins fans? Jeremy Taché here. And before we get to the content of this episode, as the Marlins are in the midst of their 10-game road trip, I wanted to talk to you about our sponsor, who has been with us for over a month now. It's Symbol. Remember, Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol's blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest and to profit off your favorite teams without all the high fees and high losses of gambling. You can use your sports knowledge and specifically your knowledge of the Marlins to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. You can join me and the 2,000 plus early adopters who've started to invest in their favorite teams, I'll tell you guys this, I invested in the Marlins and they have gone up and down this season as their record has, but they're higher now than when I initially invested. So in order to be able to do this, all you have to do is visit www.symbol.app or visit the link in our description, symbol.app slash swings. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P slash swings to create a free account when you deposit. And make sure to use the promo code SWINGS for a $10 deposit bonus to buy yourself a share of the Sim Marlins or any other Sim team. Again, symbol.app and use the promo code SWINGS for a $10 deposit bonus to help build your portfolio. Symbol.app. Start investing in your favorite teams so that when they win, you win. Now let's get to the show. Hello, Marlins fans, and welcome to another episode of Swings and Mishes. I'm your co-host and producer, Jeremy Taché, joined as always by Craig Mish. Craig, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jeremy. It's great to be with you. Really exciting finish, at least to this, I'd say, uh, two, two-thirds of the way through of this road trip. And, uh, and no doubt, it, it's definitely been a fun month of April. I know that there are some injuries that we're going to get into and some things of that nature, but I, I think that the Marlins have played a lot of close games this year. And at the very least, that's what you can expect, I think, going forward. So great to be with you here today. Yeah, it's great to be with you too, Craig. And and since the last time we spoke here on Swings and Mishes, it's been about a week and a half and there has been a lot of baseball played. We haven't spoken since before that first home series against the San Francisco Giants where the Marlins took two out of three with late game heroics. Then they split against the Orioles, lost three of four to the Giants, but picked up a win with Pablo Lopez on the hill and scoring a bunch of runs late in that game. And now they took two of three from the Milwaukee Brewers. And throughout this stretch, the pitching has been good. Jesus Aguilar has been on fire. But in that same stretch, the Marlins lost Starling Marte to the IL. They lost Jorge Alfaro to the IL. Brian Anderson to the IL. Jazz Chisholm now to the IL. And in yesterday's game, Corey Dickerson and Garrett Cooper left early and were told, day to day so Craig what are your thoughts overall on the Marlins play throughout that six and six stretch since the last time we've spoken yeah I, I think that this is kind of who they are I, I I think that without a doubt they're they're banged up for sure and and I think that a lot of other clubs are banged up as well mm-hmm. but but I I think that uh, you know look at the beginning of the season they looked like a 500 team I kind of I, I do feel like their record indicates more or less that of, of who they are they started off the season completely healthy outside of six though but you know he wasn't going to pitch the first week anyway started off one and six so you, you just you just don't know in these scenarios because there's so many injuries around the league how a team will perform with or without their players you of course want to have your players there but 
I feel that they have been very up and down offensively. The pitching has been there for the most part all season long. The bullpen has been really good the last two weeks. And I think in order to stay afloat until these players come back at some point, one after the other, they're going to need to continue to pitch well. And mm-hmm. I, and you know something? I think they will. I, I think that they'll be in a lot of games and a lot of games will come down, Jeremy, to the eighth and ninth inning where they'll have opportunities to score runs and win. Some they will, some they won't. So, uh, you know, I, I have a bigger view of this thing and I, and I do tend to think that – that, that they still can compete and they still can maybe even win the division. But I think that they're going to have to make a decision internally at some point, whether that's in a month or two, because this division, at least in April, doesn't look like anyone at least is running away with this thing. Right. And Miami is right there. So uh, big decisions are going to have to be made. Are they going to fight for this thing or are they just going to kind of, you know, kind of call up who they have and just go through the motions of it? And unfortunately, it's kind of been the way that I've seen it thus far is just recycling some of the older guys who have been around and in the system. I personally would like to see, uh, you know, some some of the younger kids come up who we haven't seen or who didn't succeed the first time around. And we're just going to have to kind of see what their decisions are. Yes, yeah, certainly. And, and especially if there ends up being any prolonged time missed from either of those outfielders who left yesterday's game, we may need to see some of those younger kids. But if you split this season into thirds, like you mentioned, Craig, they started two and six, that slow start, they're nine and seven since maybe that's more reflective of the team that they are, you know, and that is with losing a number of guys throughout that stretch. So like you mentioned, the pitching and the bullpen has been the key to carrying this team. But let's focus on those injuries for just a second. We mentioned the six guys that have gone down obviously Brian Anderson and Jazz Chisholm and Starling Marte Jorge Alfaro all on the IL where do things stand at the moment in regard to the Marlins and their injury situation yeah I did I did a piece earlier in the week for the for the Herald and and Starling Marte is going to be out probably the longest I would say of all of them and I know that it's been reported as a cracked rib I'm going to assume that's correct although Don Mattingly several times when we were asked him about it kept mentioning oblique I'm I'm not really even sure not even sure that it really matters I just think that he's going to be out for an extended period of time and I and if he plays at all in May I, I would be surprised uh, Anderson looks like he'll return this weekend. So it will be a very short stint for him. And uh, as Mattingly said, and, and, and really opened up finally on, they got caught off guard. They got caught off guard. He, he uh, you know, if they thought that they were going to have to put him on the injured list the day that they arrived on the road trip, then you do have to ask yourself the question, why did they go through that? And why did, you know, but, but, but again, they extended it to see if he could play and then they had no choice but to call up Jose Devers, which was not optimal and honestly a mistake. They, they probably should have been better equipped on that road trip with somebody else to give them professional big league at bats. No indictment on Jose Devers, just not ready to play right now. Right. Uh, and then, you know, the other key injury, of course, is uh, is Jazz Chisholm. And it's a hamstring injury. And the hamstring is is very important for a player like that that uses his speed. And, and the other thing, too, is that when you when you hear injuries and you hear the Marlins tell you uh, about injuries for the most part, they're going to be as optimistic as possible on every player. Mm-hmm. The managers will, the, uh, the staff will, this is a progressing. This is guys doing good. This guy's doing good. This guy's doing good. Very rarely do are you ever going to hear, Oh my gosh, we're screwed. Like you just, you just don't, <laughs> you don't hear that. Right. So that's what, that's my right. job to come in and tell you like, Hey, here's <laughs> like the real deal here. So uh, with, with jazz, you know, Mattingly yesterday at the press conference said, Oh yeah, we're hoping we'll get him back, right? I mean, you you really don't know. I mean, my from what I was told, 
was that this could be anywhere from two to three weeks. So mm. that, that kind of puts it a little bit beyond the 10 day window and a little bit below the one month window. And with a player like that, that is a franchise player, mm-hmm. you would have to imagine they're going to be supremely careful. Just like, just like what the Padres did with Fernando Tatis jr. And they put him on the injured list as well, held him out a little longer. So uh, jazz will be back in May at some point. It would be, it would be a guess if, if I had to. And, and that's obviously a, a very big component. Eliezer Hernandez, I, I think is going to be back sooner than later. I could see him coming back in May. Uh, Sixto Sanchez, I don't think will be back as quickly. So we're talking about June and then Edward Cabrera just has to have some minor league appearances before he comes right. back. So you, you, even though he is, as they say, progressing along, he's had injuries two years in a row now. And, and I would not expect him to, to see him until later in the summer. Did I miss anybody? <laughs> yeah, right. It's such oh, a Alfaro long I miss? Yeah, Alfaro is the one guy we still yeah, haven't touched yeah, on. Yeah, hamstring again, you know, had it, didn't have it, had it again. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have a firm timetable. The only thing that, that is interesting is that with the way that Sandy Leone has played, they do have an interesting decision to, I think, to make a catcher mm-hmm. when Alfaro comes back because – they would basically have to DFA Sandy Leone uh, in order to, to keep Wallach and Alfaro on the roster. I, I, I don't think they that's can not do something that. I'm doing right now. No, yeah, I don't Sandy think they Leone has been yeah. terrific. I mean, he's hit since he's come up and played with the Marlins, he's hit 350 and he's been remarkable behind the plate, catching a couple Trevor Rogers gems and others. And so let's, let's move from the guys who have been out, right? These hitters that are out for the Marlins to the guys who have helped carry the load as they've treaded water here it's really been three guys. One is Jazz Chisholm, who's now out, obviously, and 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 his play on the bases and in terms of a little bit of power, we saw it, you know, with McCovey Cove out in San Francisco. And then you have Jesus Aguilar and Corey Dickerson. Corey Dickerson, since the last time we spoke, has raised his batting average 60 points. He was hitting 260. He's hitting 320 now. And Jesus Aguilar has homers in five of his last six games. What are your thoughts on, on those two guys in particular, or really those three guys, if you'd like to touch on all three of them? Yeah, Aguilar has carried the team over the last week. What else can you say? Mm-hmm. He's been fantastic. He's been better than I thought, without a doubt. And the power is back for him, too. He's been their best offensive weapon. He is just smashing everything and he's leading the the national league and runs driven in. I mean, what more can you say? He's been, he's been fantastic for them. And, and look, Duvall carried them for a couple of days in Atlanta. Now Aguilar's mm-hmm. carrying them even beyond. And that's all you need to stay in this with the pitching that they have. They needed like one guy to just go wild. Jazz did it for a bit. Duvall did it for a bit. Um, and now it's, and now it's Aguilar. So great for him in terms of Corey Dickerson, you know, he, he is finishing up the month strong, which is so important because yep. th- there's, there have been 25 days this month, Jeremy, where you, you just, you had to wonder a little bit, like what, what, what is Corey Dickerson delivering to this team? Hadn't hit a home run, right? Wasn't driving in any runs, wasn't hitting, wasn't impacting the ball, hitting it to the outfield, a lot of balls going to first base. So why is this important? Because Corey Dickerson doesn't figure into the long-term plans of the Marlins. Right. So you know, either they would get a draft pick for him at the end of the season. If he was to go, they could potentially even trade him sometime in July uh, or, or maybe not, maybe carry him through the whole season and make a playoff push. But for a lot of reasons, he's important to get them to play better. And, and remember, I know the Marlins don't have a supremely high payroll. He's a pretty highly paid guy yeah. on the team. And, and the, uh, and the front office and ownership group approved the two-year deal for Corey Dickerson that, that on this club is a, 
fairly significantly well-played player. I know that that's laughable to some people who look at Tatis at 40 million, but when you're making eight, $9 million on a team that's payroll is in the thirties or forties, right. you got to get production there. And, and, and finally they are. So without a doubt, Jeremy, a really good sign. I still don't think he figures into the long-term plans here. And, and look, um, he, well, here's the reality. He's got one home run. And right. if he only hits one home run in May, it, it, it's, it's not going to be a good scenario. So, so hopefully this is the start of a potential let's, let's just call it a 20 home run season from Corey Dickerson, because like Duvall, he can get hot. And we're seeing that now. It would be amazing to see that. And especially considering he was batting cleanup yesterday. That was where he was well, in the order with else. everybody moving up. Yeah. It's crazy where, where this Marlins roster has to be situated. And look, you feel good if you're the Marlins too, on, on, on this front. Aguilar carrying the offense there, Duvall, as you mentioned, Chisholm for moments. And in the three games against Milwaukee, the bats really woke up. And that was when the Marlins made the decision to sit Lewis Brinson and Magnary Sierra and start right. Adam Duvall in center field. And when mm-hmm. you can get Duvall, Cooper, Dickerson, and Aguilar all in the lineup, like we mentioned before the season, that's going to be helpful. The problem is, it took Starling Marte being out to make it happen. Um, but in this scenario, that should help the Marlins moving forward. And Adam Duvall looks like a pretty solid center fielder defensively. Yeah, he can handle the position without a doubt. I don't know that you want him out there for 150 games, but he, no, there's, certainly no, not. there's no question that playing, let's say, four days a week of center field would mm-hmm. seem to be of the realm of possibility. And and look, Duvall's offense has has scuffled a lot. <laughs> He's striking out almost 50% of the time. And you'd hate to think that the great defense will be overshadowed by the offensive uh, woes that he has. But I, I do think that he'll pick it up. He's not a, a player that I'm particularly worried about. But you're right. That is that has been a great on-field 26-man roster move to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you know, but 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 again, the 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 other side of that too is that it's a forced move because of Marte, yep. and, and most teams do not have somebody else to play that is up to the level of Marte. But I would also say, also be transparent in saying the Marlins' depth is so poor at those mm-hmm. positions that that they shouldn't really always be forced into that position. You you would think that a club that is ranked top five in overall prospects, I mean, would have someone to be able to come up that could play without regurgitating the same players as you mentioned, Lewis Brinson, Magnus Sierra, uh, over and over again. Right. And, 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 and if it was only Marte, there'd be no excuse. Now I understand that, that look, there's a lot more than that. There's a lot of players out. You can't possibly expect them to have seven reserves or six right. reserves somewhere to be able to play. But the dynamic that they've chosen to go is rather than a Sean Rodriguez or a Logan Forsyth ha- has been to either play the guys that are there or call up as they did with Jose Devers. And I, and I don't know that that is the winning uh, recipe. Uh, in my opinion, I, I think that it, it may be time to try uh, someone new or maybe even try one of the prospects that's sitting in the minor league somewhere, whether that is Connor Scott, maybe giving mm-hmm. him his first opportunity to play. I think that should be a dis- in the discussion. Wow. Joe Duand, who played third base and I thought played pretty well in the spring, surprised that he yeah, was he not even considered to be a call up because of the 40 man issue that he would have created. So Marlins are going to have to decide at some point if they're really in this to try and win or worry about the 40 man, because that move that they made last Wednesday with, with Brian Anderson and Devers, 
I understand it had to be done because they didn't have a backup option, even though I feel like that wasn't the right move. They could have corrected that. And it took a few days. They did. And then he's on here. Oh, all of a sudden he's on Diaz <laughs> shows up, right? Like, Oh, right. where was he? I'm not saying Diaz is the answer, but. And like, Diaz apparently was call. in. Well, and according to Mattingly, after after the game on Wednesday, Diaz was with them in San Francisco at some point. So you wonder how quickly he got out there and how quickly that call had to be made. Um, but yeah, that that part of it is is also confusing. Very weird. So yeah, very, as, very as weird. they have the day off today, you hope that that this is a moment to sort of be able to collectively regroup and make some of those decisions that you're talking about. But but as as we look at other aspects of the Marlins here too, and and before we get to sort of wrapping things up, I did want to take a moment to focus on that starting pitching in particular. The bullpen's been really solid, but obviously the Marlins starting pitching has been really good. Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez have both been terrific, but the guy who has has blown everyone away, who leads left-handed pitchers in Major League Baseball in strikeouts, it's Trevor Rogers, who has just been lights out and has now outdueled both Jacob DeGrom and Corbin Burns this season. Has won games against both of those guys. Craig, I mean, we talked a lot about Trevor Rogers as a guy that that we both thought could have a really good year, but I don't think either of us expected this this quickly. No, my fantasy teams should thank him on all teams that <laughs> because that, that's been really good for me, for sure. He yeah. may end up being the best pick I've ever had in fantasy. And at he's least amazing. maybe 10 or, uh, you know, I got to go back and look. I don't want to say that, but it feels like he's been one of the best picks that I've had because he's he was an undrafted player or a player that I mm-hmm. was at, at a uh, salary cap had such a low, n- low number. But yeah, he's he's been he's been fantastic. He, between the three, the three pitchers that they have at the front, at the top of that rotation, they don't have the names that some of the other pitchers do around the league, but they're competing at the same level as those. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that they've left any doubt that they're all there to stay. They're all there to pitch in the big leagues at a very high level. And uh, you know, when they announced the rookie of the month next week, now with jazz out, I would assume Trevor Rogers is, is the winner. Ian Anderson's had a good month. Dylan Carlson has had a good month, but I'm I, I try to keep it as real as I can and be unbiased. I've seen those players play as well, but I, I think Rogers has been the best rookie in the national league in April. And I, and I hope he wins that award for Miami's sake and, and, and first round pick working out for them. That's another big part of an organization is making sure that you hit on some of those picks. And I know this is a previous regime pick. And I've told that wacky story many yep. times here on the podcast too, about mm-hmm. how, it wasn't necessarily the pick that they wanted, but it was the pick <laughs> that they made. Yep. Um, it was actually, it, I, I take it back. It was the pick that they wanted. They were almost forced to change it, but they ended up not right. changing it. So that was, that was a really good thing, but you're right. It is the, again, the pitching that they have is going to keep them mm-hmm. in games the whole season. The only question will have to be the offense and and it can it can it show any form of consistency you cannot say at this point at the end of the month that they have been consistent offensively at all there has been none it is one game of seven runs another <laughs> two games of no runs at all it, it, and, and there there are there is no other way that you can look at it you just don't have a clue uh what they're going to do on a game-to-game basis yes they've lost a couple of players no doubt but uh, there, but there will not be surviving the course of the season, I think, without either some call-ups or some upgrades. Because even with all of the offensive players that they have playing every day, still inconsistent, still not hitting every day. And, and we knew that going in. So it mm-hmm. just comes down to what they want to do. Do they want to 
go for this thing in July or do they feel like they don't have enough? I, I don't, I don't know what the, the answer will be, but we still have three months to get there. Yeah, we do. And it, it's been fun. I mean, it's been fun. Ba- like one way or another, this first month has certainly been interesting. It's been entertaining it's with been the really ups and downs. It's been really, really entertaining. And, and that's been a joy just from getting baseball back in that way. And yeah, seeing performances like from Trevor Rogers and Sandy Alcantara, who were both guys that, project well to continue to dominate right. all right as we as we wrap this thing up and the marlins head to a three game uh series here in washington against the nationals before coming home for six games three against arizona and three against milwaukee what are your thoughts as we move forward as the marlins head to washington yeah look they they um you know as we get out of the first month of the season the you're going to play everyone in the national league and then some teams in the American league over the course of a season, there are going to be patches where you play against good teams, bad teams. They they've sort of been in the middle as far as the competition in my mind that they've played against the giants are playing a little bit over their heads. Probably. I would think most people agree with that, but yet they did win the season series against the Marlins. The Marlins also as be it as they were injured, they also uh, went into t- uh, play against Milwaukee who had, arguably their best two players out mm. and called up a guy to pitch against them who was an absolute disaster on, yep. uh, on Wednesday and who got put on the injured list immediately after the game. So uh, they, they split against Baltimore, you know, like, so I don't get into, into the minutia of that, that often, which is kind of where I've come to the conclusion at the end of this month that I feel like their record is really accurate. I, I really mm-hmm. look at their record right now and say, they, they, they've kind of played like this, winning some, losing some. That's a 500 team. They may get above 500. They may fall even further below 500. But I think that this, I, I, I really, it, it's strange to say, but I, I do think April is a pretty good sample of the team that they are. They're going to play against Washington. Juan Soto is going to be back this weekend. Steven Strasburg is out for them. Uh, then they're going to get to play against uh, Arizona, I think, in yep. the early part of next week. Uh, the Diamondbacks have had their issues, too. The Diamondbacks' best player, uh, you could make the case, Cattell Marte has not played mm-hmm. at, all, at all this season. Zach Gallen missed the first two months of the season. Yep. What am I getting at here? <laughs> what I'm getting at here is that, and I'm engaging a little bit more on social media about this because it is, it is troubling. It is, it is bothering me a little bit, is that I feel like there are a lot of people who follow us and a lot of people who follow the Marlins that don't have the full view of what's going on in Major League Baseball. And as a fan, you have the right, especially on social media or on anywhere else, to say whatever you want. You can feel however you want, but it doesn't mean that, that your view as a fan is the same as being accurate in terms of the game. And it just simply is not. There are massive cluster injuries to every team, a lot, every, a lot of teams in major league baseball. The Brewers are a great example of one of them. You took away Christian Yelich, Colton Wong and Lorenzo Cain for a long time. I know that Wong just came back. Um, the, the Nationals were playing without Juan Soto and Steven Strasburg for almost the whole month. The Chicago White Sox, w- would you trade all the Marlins players, Jeremy, that are out? <laughs> Jimenez, Luis yeah. Robert, and Lance Lynn? You may. Goodness. You 
You make that's who the White Sox <laughs> right. are playing without. Right. Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, and Lance Lynn. Those two guys, those two hitters, goodness. I mean, so you know, I mean, Yerman Mercedes is playing and playing very well. Guess yeah, what? He is. You know, the, uh, Christian Yelich is out. Who the who the bleep is Billy McKinney? I don't know, but they called him <laughs> up and he's hitting too. Like like, and, and to just constantly see this. Oh my gosh! And we're out, and all these guys are out, and they're hurt. I get it. And look, Jazz does sort of put things over the top a little bit. Yeah. I will fully admit that. But this is going on way too much. I mean, the excuses have got to stop. When 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 you have players who are out. What you should be looking at are further stories into the organization. Why don't the Marlins have the players to call up that will contribute offensively immediately? Why not? That's, those are the questions that you should be asking. You should also be asking eventually at some point, is this a coincidence with all these injuries? What's going on here? Why are all the Marlins players getting like, like, why aren't the, Why isn't anybody asking that question? Is that a, I, I don't know. Is it a fair question? Is it not? Maybe we should ask that question. Why did Alfaro have a hamstring injury and he came back, got hurt again? Why is Brian Anderson on a plane going to San Francisco and then getting put on the injury list? Like, why is Eliezer Hernandez? Oh, he's got a blister. Oh, no, he's got something else. What about, oh, Marte? Is it oblique? Is it, I don't know. Maybe somebody should ask these questions. Maybe I'm the one that's going to have that. I'm not ready to do that yet. I just, I do think that it's probably coincidental and they do have a lot of injuries. But, mm-hmm ask those questions don't just be a fan and say oh oh, we have a million guys out and we're never gonna win (laughs) last year you had a million guys out and you won and you went to the postseason right other excuses oh we blew all these saves and oh my gosh and we if this save wasn't blown and this didn't happen okay fine then the marlins didn't deserve to go to the postseason oh my gosh like what are you saying craig they didn't deserve it no the phillies did what do you mean Oh, well, the Phillies, you see, saves, you see right? they blew 21 <laughs> saves in 60 games and played without JT Realmuto and Reese Hoskins the last two weeks. Okay. So I'm going to take the Marlins out of last year's postseason and say they didn't deserve it. I'm going to put the <laughs> Phillies in there because they blew 21 saves. Like, like, what are we doing here? What are uh, we? It's early in the season. There are going to be injuries. Players are going to be out. Maybe Miami will call someone up. That will be good. It's possible. It won't be Jose Devers, unfortunately, but maybe Isan Diaz will be. Maybe this is it, possibly. Those are the questions to ask. Who is next up? Who can be called up? They, they, you know, we're hearing about building an organization, building a farm system. Though that should be the focus. Take a look at the miners. Where's Connor Scott? How close is Blade? How's Jesus Sanchez doing? The Marlins want to tell us for the last two years, look at our great farm system and beat their chest. Like it's Godzilla versus King Kong, but, but none of these King Kongs are coming up and hitting. They all come up and they go over seven with six strikeouts. And we hear about their at bats being so good. And then they go back down. <laughs> so, so again, as a fan, you have the right, you have the distinction of saying whatever you want. You should never have that taken away from you. But don't confuse yourself being a fan of a team and understanding how baseball works and not being able to look at other teams and say that the Mar- because the Marlins blew saves, that's why they, they, they should be better than they are. The Oakland A's won 13 games in a row and their closer hasn't pitched a game this season. The, the one the Marlins wanted everybody to sign, Trevor Rosedahl. Has not pitched a game. Not one. They won 13 games without him. Some close ones too, Jeremy. 
right? It's part of baseball. This is it. Jazz, yes, I understand. Mm -hmm. A little bit over the top here now. That's taking it to another level. But before that, to that point, to, to have that be your focus, as opposed to the, the, not, not, the, uh, not fixing the problems, just talking about the problems, find mm. ways to fix the problems, become more educated, become a better fan. That is my yeah. suggestion. Yeah, well, and I, I, I understand, um, you know, the hyper-localized perspective from a fan. It's no different than, you know, when we're having these conversations on Heat Twitter as guys missed games with COVID or injuries or whatever, and you look at the other teams all across the NBA dealing with those same issues, there's always a sort of hyper-localized perspective from the fan based off of, okay, here are my teams in my division at the most, let alone individually, here's my team and when, in those first seven games or so, Starling Marte looked like arguably the only competent hitter on that roster. Right. And then that's the guy that goes down. That's why I think that sort of got elevated in everybody's mind. Then it's Brian Anderson, who's everybody's homegrown. We want to extend him. So I think the 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 names on the players as well is part of what um, specifically affected the fan base there. But you're right. Through those first number of games, you deal with blown saves. You deal with injuries just like everyone else. To me, I think what 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 has been frustrating is the way that this discourse has ended up is almost divided as opposed to everyone coming together and saying, think about how amazing that is that they're 11 and 13, they're 500, they're middling despite the inconsistency, despite the ability or the inability to replace those players with the proper prospects. And yet, because of the pitching, here we are and they sit at 11 and 13 and they can be the team that we've all enjoyed watching thus far. So hopefully going forward, yeah, they move, do get move a bit forward. healthier. Move, yeah, exactly. It should no, be about no, moving forward no, as opposed to looking back. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to look back and try and say this should have been a win or this could have right. been a loss. And if that jazz didn't get hurt. I mean, don't you think, I mean, the, the Phillies GM got fired last mm-hmm. year. He got fired. They had JT and, 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 uh, and Hoskins out and blew 21 saves, they yep. fired the GM. I mean, right. think about that, okay? Uh, I mean, you could <laughs> really you, looking back at it, crazy. I mean, you could make the case that, I mean, the Marlins are kind of in the same spot. They got a lot of injuries. They're blowing saves at the beginning of the year. I mean, th- I mean, and then you would never, it would be blasphemous to say, oh, we got to fire the GM. Well, it's we so have 162 it's, as It's just well, making as excuses instead. I'm just telling you, you, you can be, live a happier life watching these games, enjoying them for what they are, and figuring out who's next, who's next. And, and like Don Mattingly said, who's the next man up? Who's the next guy up? The, um, the Herald covered on, uh, what was it? Was it yesterday? The Herald covered uh, the Marlins. Uh, they gave away 1 million meals mm-hmm. during the pandemic, which is obviously great. And I've been waiting. I've been waiting to hear uh, Derek Jeter make his first comment. He hasn't made comment I mean, on baseball. Hasn't, it's been right. a while since he's talked. And he was asked, the Herald asked him about the injuries. And as I would expect, the dude made no excuses whatsoever. Yeah, the first thing out of his mouth was everybody's got injuries. We got to win. That's, that's what yeah. it is. It's what I it think is. the big thing is guys, it's a bit early to just be like, if, if, if we're sitting here in July and Starling Marte and jazz Chisholm haven't played a game since this podcast. Okay we can have this conversation about injuries derailing a season. But I think when we're only not even a month into the season, we're sitting here at 24 games in 
handpicking every blown save, every injury. It's too exhausting. So right, and, and to go back and say if these guys weren't hurt, the Marlins would be seventeen and one or eighteen and one sure. or some nonsense like that. Or oh my gosh, they wouldn't have lost this game if they would have had this player. At the end of the season, I assure you, no one's going to care. Yes, no see, one's going to go morale. back and look and say and say this happened. I mean, is anyone going to go back at the end of the season, Jeremy? And give uh, and give the Brewers credit because guess what the Brewers could have eaten the, the umpires. I, I think the umpires may have blown that game on uh, sure. on, on Wednesday. Yeah, completely blown call at the beginning of the game. Uh, I screenshotted uh, a, yeah. a pitch a pitch Show that was two. shown to Aguilar. It was it was a strike. It's a one two call instead of two one. The pitcher changes the way he pitches to Aguilar. He doesn't mm-hmm. hit that home run. Marlins may lose, but but it's okay. This is what happens over the course of the season. So with the umps and the injuries and the what ifs and we should go back and, and oh it would have been better if this or that or the other no no move forward find the right. next guy you can be upset that your guys are out you could wish that they came back but it but it's happening everywhere I mean, what happens in in july if trout and otani are out oh my right. so the marlins are all healthy so then what at that point do, oh, Catch up. I mean, that's it you know it's yeah like, i think the um i think a, a big thing that is is so important to focus on with major league baseball is that look, I'm someone who part of, you know, my new job and my job right here with you is to cover every single game and have reactions and analysis to every single game. But as a fan and as someone who consumes an entire season of major league baseball, it's really, really important to keep the long view of marathon, not sprint. And I do believe that after a season where the Marlins made the playoffs and thus have just about as much, if not more interest than they've had since they moved into that new ballpark, right? With all these young kids coming up with everything that is around this team coming out of feeling like you're coming out of the pandemic. Everybody is so hyper-focused and in the mindset of last year's 60 game season where every single game had that weight Great to point. it. Guys, yeah. it's 162 games. It's two and a half. I mean, it's almost three times the schedule of what you had last year. It is one of those things where when you're playing 162 games, that random blown save on April 10th or whatever is not going to matter the same way or be looked at the same way as your perfect example, the Phillies last year, who likely would have made a move and evened things out. So I think it's just important that we always sort of take that long view at a season. But when you want to be breaking these, these things down day to day, when you have that passion behind your team and you want to be talking about these things on a day-to-day discussion, well, that's why we're here. That's what we enjoy. We're here for you on Twitter. We're here for you with our coverage, whether it's, you know, Craig over at Sports Grid, me with Bally Sports Florida, and us here at, you know, Swings and Mishes. Like, that's why we have this coverage to be able to discuss with you guys on the day-to-day. And that's what makes all of this so much fun, to me at least, with Major League Baseball. Right. I'm going to end with this because somebody asked me this the other day. It was interesting. I think when Burns pitched against the Marlins, somebody asked me, because they watched me on Sports Grid, and at the beginning of the season, I picked Burns to win the Cy Young. Mm. So, so he was 35 to one at the beginning of the season. And, and that may shock some people that I, that I did that. I, I don't like to oh, pat Nick, myself on the like back that. for things and that's not who I am, but I did, but I did pick that to win the Cy Young. They asked me who I thought, and I, I thought it would be Burns. Um, he may not win it. It may be DeGrom. Burns didn't mm-hmm. look really good against the Marlins, honestly. So who, who knows? Maybe it's a horrible pick. 
Hmm. Uh, but somebody asked me because of that, because they watch sports grid, like, who are you rooting for tonight? Because you, you picked Burns to win the Cy Young and yet he's playing against the Marlins. I want to be clear on something here. When the Marlins win, it is better for all of us. It yep. is better for the fans. It is better for swings and misses. It is better for Jeremy. It is better for yep. all of us. On top of that, I am a father. My son is yep. eight. He watches every single Marlins game that he can from start to finish. He has posters of all of the Marlins players in his room. I love it. And the bobbleheads. And he wears Marlins stuff all the time. So that should give you perspective on, on this. And I hope it gives you a little bit more perspective to understand that there is a separation of doing what I do, but also understanding as a father, I have the same view of, of the fans because my son is a fan and I'm explaining things to him from the fan side. He doesn't completely get it. He thinks I'm a fan sort of that right. covers Marlins. Like it, he, it, it doesn't completely register to him. So I see the fan side of it. And I want everyone to understand that. Like, I, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. I've been a fan too. I have a son who is a fan, but I'm also realistic. And you can't look back on this stuff. You got to look forward. Um, you want to be a better fan, do a deeper dive, find out more about an organization. Find What are the answers to the problems as opposed to just keep going back to the problems? No one wants to live in yesterday, live in tomorrow. Is this when I let everyone know I'm a show for the Marlins because I had a Derek Jeter fathead in my room till I was 20 years old? Or do I just sort of let that one I mean, Does go? anybody want to see the, the jersey that's being covered? It's up literally my, right behind my you. office that I'm, that I'm doing here. I, I mean, it's embarrassing <laughs> so, to, even, to even say that I have all these jerseys, and these baseball jerseys in my office. I mean, look, it's it, perfect. Well, this was this was a fun animated episode. I really enjoyed it. Craig, as always, enjoyed this episode of Swings with you. And and Marlins fans, as always, remember to please follow along with us at Swings and Mishes on Twitter, at Swings and Mishes on Instagram, at Craig Mish individual. Oh, Craig, do you have something here? Yes. And and on that note, I should also mention I forgot I forgot to mention this as well. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'll we'll save it for next week. I want, I want to see, you know, I, I changed my mind. I'm going to say, look at that, a teaser for everybody. You're going to yes, want to yes. tune in I, next week. You know what? Week. I almost wanted to give something away here at the end, but I didn't want to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to save something good for everybody for next week. How about that? I'm going to leave it. Oh, I Sorry, love guys. that. All right. That's where we'll leave it. Swings and Mishes fans, like, subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-review. Do all of the things you're supposed to do to help our podcast. And be sure to help our friends over at Symbol by signing up at symbol.app slash swings for your $10 promo code. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Swings and Mishes. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend as do the rest of us here with Swings and Mishes.